Welcome to the Everyday Bow Hunter. I'm your host, Mike Manley, retired Green Beret turned bow hunter, joined by my brother Dan Zima. We're here to share tips, stories, and talk gear, all from our unique points of view. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned bow hunter, I think you're gonna like it. So let's go. All right, everyone, this is episode 15. Mike and Dan, we're back after a, uh, a little hiatus uh, over the holidays here, took a little break, and now we're back. And, uh, the, you know, happy to be back. And I think we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time coming. A little bit too long of a break. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. We're going to be back on track. Don't worry. We're not gone. We're not dead. We're still doing podcasts. We just, <laughs> we just had a little bit of a break. Sometimes life gets in the way. Yeah. And a lot of uh, website work, too. But. So I'd like to start this episode off uh, with a little personal note. You guys have t heard us talk about our friend Jevin that hunts with us religiously. Uh, his mom passed away yesterday. I would love to send out some love and respect. Jevin, we're definitely thinking about you and your family, buddy. Yeah, it's got me choked up. Hey, we're thinking about you, man, and uh, we wish you the best. We know it's a hard time. Always thinking about you, buddy. Yeah. So, um, I know Dan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You guys were a good woman, very good woman. So yeah, that's it's 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 hard to it's hard to put that stuff into words, but yeah, uh, we're thinking about you, man. Um so anyway, <laughs> I hate to it's it's almost like hard to move on at that point. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. But um so anyway, since since the last time we talked, I've had a lot a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah. The, it was pre Christmas, our last podcast, and um you you said you were looking for certain things at Christmas. Did you did Santa bring you what you wanted, or or you you still looking for some items? I'm still looking, <laughs> unfortunately. But no, it, I'm I've moved into my off season obsession, uh, where every day I sit there and analyze critically every aspect of my season prior, where it's. I'm in that time where my, my, my brain's going 6,000 miles an hour. And do I change broadheads? Do I change arrows? Do I change this? Do I change that? So I think I've kind of narrowed it down. It's fun to tinker. Around. Oh, it, and that's what it is too. It's like the joy of the tinkering. Yeah. So I've narrowed it down. I have a sight on my bow that I haven't been exactly happy with. And this year for the first year, I, I want to go to the single pin. I, I, I wasn't sure about it uh, for a, magnitude of reasons and my reasoning why prior was i wanted at least three pins i didn't want to have to move anything mm -hmm. so when it came it was do do or do you know what i mean so i've come to the conclusion that single pin is so much more versatile than do do or do mm -hmm. you know what i mean where i do have options in the long game then mm -hmm. uh not necessarily for pennsylvania whitetail but for 3d shoots and stuff like that mm -hmm. but it kind of takes a lot out of my window then and it simplifies things and I, that's where i would like yeah. to go with that so that was the biggest thing for me you know and why i've i've shot single pin for years right. you know i wanted to have that window open so i can scan it and I, I can see everything, but also, I mean, some of the newer single pin sites, you have the ability, they have the dots, the, the different colored dots built into the single pin. Right. You can right. adjust and then you just, you know, level your bow out. But I personally have a system and you know about this. Um, I have a system where 
I zero my bow at 20 yards. Yes. And then I, I shoot at 30, I shoot at 10, and I get myself a bracket, understanding how much I have to aim differently at those different yardages, and I never have to touch anything during a, during a hunt. So if I'm within 30 yards, which I normally is what I, I kind of stand by for my shots. Right. If it's over 30 and I have the opportunity, you do have the ability to adjust it on a single pin site because you have the yardages built into the site. Right. You can make that. You know, you don't always have that time. So that's, that's why I like the flexibility of having just that single pin, just like you're shooting a gun. Yeah. And then you can, you can just put it up center mass most of the time if you're if your arrow's flying pretty good flat you know fairly flat at that distance yeah you don't have to make much of an adjustment i mean i had i think four inches at, at 30 yards drop and i had a, a two inch elevation at 10 yards okay so you can see how you could easily aim center mass on that for most part you know, just aim a little bit high center on your on your 30 yard shot right and you, i mean there's that's a small amount of just six inches is nothing nothing right right you know so when you have a bracket like that and you and you're confident in that and you practice that i, I think there's nothing easier when a deer comes up instead of pulling a range finder out and trying to yeah figure out a range yeah. you pull the range finder out before the deer comes up and yeah mark spots and say okay that's 30 yards that's 25 this is 15 whatever you know yeah. And then you have you understand that when the deer comes in, yeah. and even just have a general idea of the yardage to them, you know, because when it gets down to like five yards, does it really make that big of a difference? You know, only when you're getting out at distance, it does. That's that's where the that's where with the single pin, that's where it's, it's critical, yeah. you know. Yeah. But CBE makes this hybrid also, which kind of intrigued me, but I still kind of walked away from that. I mean, I really that I was almost sold on it. So it's a three pin sight. And your third pin then turns into your adjustment, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, yeah. 80, 90, 100, like all the way out. Yeah. Uh, that intrigued me, but I kind of kept coming back to, even with 3D shooting, I'm probably not going to be shooting anything over 50. You know, then in a 3D, yeah. like a, a 3D shooting yeah. club. The only time you're going to do that is like at the total archery mm -hmm. challenge or something like that. Now, live in the woods, I would never take a shot. I now 40 I might yeah I might do it yeah. uh but that it has to be some great circumstances and that's very rare yeah and, you know, and my and my 30 yard uh window kind of thing for me is I have kind of a tracking problem from you know some stuff that happened to me in the army so because of that I my eyes don't track that well so when I get out to that distance things start getting a little choppy for me so oh, okay. it's better for me to stay within that 30 yards so i'm confident i'm making a, a good shot yeah yeah and the ethical kill and here we go back to the ethical thing and that that's what it is it's 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 about making the right shot at 40 yards i feel like with a white tail deer a lot can happen in that 40 yards yeah. uh in you know deer do jump arrows they they're so instinctive you know where mm -hmm. they they drop down they do there's a lot that can happen in 40 yards where if you're keeping it in the 20 and 30 range, you're kind of gearing yourself up for more success. I was actually talking to a guy at work and uh, he was saying he he hunted, he was hunting this same, uh, he's a big saddle hunter and uh, does a lot of mobile hunting, but he also hunts some, some private land and he was after this really big buck. And he said the buck came in at, at 40 yards, give or take. Yeah. Right? And uh, said he ranged it took the shot and he said he aimed 
center mass, you know, right behind the shoulder instead of aiming a little low, low yeah, yeah. because the deer is going to drop, yeah. right? And at that distance, when a deer's farther out like that, the farther are, they are away, the more you have a chance of them to drop before that arrow gets there. That's yeah. that. It only takes a split second for them to drop on you. You'd be surprised how much noise your arrow is making flying to them. Yeah, so, I mean, just that little... You've heard it firsthand with me shooting and you were out on the back porch and i was shooting them from there and you heard that arrow go fly you yes you came around that corner pretty damn surprised of like, how wow. noisy that was yeah. yeah yeah but the right conditions or the wrong conditions i should say yeah your arrow can make a bunch of noise it's not you can have the perfect setup and it's still gonna you know with with aerodynamics you have that you yeah. know especially with different kind of winds and stuff i mean the more you shoot the more confident you get but the problem with confidence is you're so confident that you start making super stupid decisions, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want to say that taking a 40 shot yard shot is a stupid decision. It's up to the hunter. It's up to, it's you really know, up to the equipment you have too. that. If you have that, the confidence in it, then capabilities. Correct. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, but that's why if any, if a deer is, is past 20 yards for me, mm -hmm. I'm always my aiming point that I have set. I'm always going to do a little bit lower because of that drop. Right. I'm anticipating that they are going to drop at yep. least a little bit. And very rarely do you have any animal just sit there and, and take it. Unless they're in a field, they're feeding, and they're not paying attention to nothing, and you got to jump on them. Yeah. And you've got good wind cover, you know, to cover the sound of the arrow or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that come into play. All right. So, okay, staying on the same subject of the off-season obsession. So I went down the rabbit hole of broadheads. <laughs> and had a guy respond about mechanicals and the, the, I think they're called severs. Sever, yeah. Yeah. You know. S-E-V-R. S-E-V-R. And, you know, I appreciate that comment. And, and I, I, I looked at them. And for mechanicals, they're damn nice broadheads. I'm not going to lie. I I still personally, it's a personal decision. I, I still, I think this season, I'm going to stick with what I have. Magnus. The Magnus Black Hornet, Sir Razor. They fly so good out of my bow, and that's a level of confidence. Uh, nothing, yeah, I hit that deer, but that was shot placement. I hit high in no man's land. That was me. That was not the broadhead. Mm -hmm. If you would have sold the amount of blood, you would have been damn happy with those broadheads, <laughs> you know. And I think I need to give it another year. And who knows? They could be my broadhead for a long time. Uh, I, I can't. I can't overthink this. I need to keep it simple. What's the saying? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I overthink everything and I overanalyze everything and I I personally this is one area that I'm going to keep the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I, I'm a big believer. We talked about this in numerous podcasts, but not every. You know, if you're new, well, you know, we're big believers in in the the fixed blade broadheads and and that they, while there's a lot of mechanicals that can tear it up. And do a great job and have done a great job I, over the for, years for years the rage you know, yeah um, it's it's uh you know there's there's some people out there that call it a plan b you know yeah a plan b arrow where or broadhead but you're because you're you're taking all the variables out yeah. of the equation of the failure of the mechanical even those ones that are really good about not mm -hmm. failing yeah you're taking it out you hit a twig that you didn't see on the way the target you're trying to shoot through some tall grass or yeah. whatever a fixed plate is going to punch through, whereas a mechanical might deploy early on you and, right, and right. stuff. So all those things that we talk about. But. We went with a heavier setup, and with a heavier setup, I think it's geared more towards a fixed broadhead. 
Yes. And, you know, so... You I, want a, with I a heavy setup, you want a fixed plate. Right, you do. right. And, and you want a higher FOC. Yeah, and that's and that's where I'm at. I have a high FOC, I have a heavy setup, and I, that's why I just want to stick with what I have. I have built confidence in that broadhead, in these arrows. The, the only downfall of these arrows is method archery. Get your stuff together, man. Whatever your problem is, get it together. You make incredible arrows, open up shop, settle your dispute, whatever's going on, Please get back to making arrows because I, I've never shot better with with than than I have with your arrows. Please get yeah. whatever it is. Please, from an archer to an archer, get it together. <laughs> yes, I mean they, 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 those arrows are awesome. Yeah, uh, they they definitely fly incredible. I have not had one issue with those arrows, and they just fly perfect. Dude, I, I'm I'm obsessed with them, and knowing that I have to switch arrows again. And go somewhere else. It, it breaks my heart, and um, hey, I get it. You know, stuff happens, life happens, whatever. But I, I pray that you guys get get whatever resolved and get back open. You know, yeah. make some errors. We had the. You do a hell of a job. Had the, uh, what the heck are they? Not the HMRs. What what? ZMRs. ZMRs. Yeah. The ZMRs, four fletched with a three degree heel, right helical on yep. them. Yep. Oh my god, they're flying so yep. so good. Yeah. So that um. So one thing, not to, not to fast forward because I want to talk about some stuff back before this podcast, but on the same note, serious archery is a. I looked into that. They are, like, all the big boys freaking yeah. hang with serious, and not all, but you know a lot yeah, of yeah. boys go there, and they're you just gonna, have to know your math. Where method archery figures it out for you, serious is you serious. Can, you have to have it figured out, and you got to give them with your your effort to, to, to get your FOC, mm -hmm. you have to know your own math. Now those, if you, if you, uh, if you email them and customer support, uh, they, they'll, they'll put it together for you. Okay. Yep. Great. Put it together for you. Uh, they've, uh, I've had some emails back and forth with those guys and okay. they, they are really willing to help. Well, very, thank, very thank quick you. response yeah. too. All right. Good. Thank you. Very. And it, once again, we're not sponsored by them. We just, you know, just looking for great options for yeah. the stuff. And these arrows are expensive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they are. You, you want, you you know, you want good arrows. But you, you get what you pay for. Yes, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And uh, that's a, with a lot of different, you know. That's, and I'm, I'm still on my all-season obsession about when I go to the sportsman show here coming up, the outdoor show, Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg coming up uh, the weekend of February 4th, 3rd or 4th, whatever it is. Yeah, all, and yeah. So and I'll be going that weekend, and I'm I'm gonna try to uh, to go to Serious Archery. Their stand's gonna be there. Oh, gonna, good! I'm gonna That'll try. be a great opportunity. Yeah, to, and then Wednesday uh, we're gonna go back out there again. Yeah, because uh, so if you're going to the outdoor show, you want to see me, you're gonna have to find me because I'll be all over. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan and I'll be there Wednesday night. So if you want to see us that that first Wednesday. You're going to have to find us because we'll be all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly in the archery hall and stuff. And I actually said a joke earlier today. <laughs> I said I'm going <laughs> to wait till we're in a crowd of people and go, oh, my gosh, are you? You're the everyday bow hunter? Can I have your autograph? Can I get a selfie with you? And if he if he does that, he'll be choked out and unconscious to where he's going to have to be evac'd out of there. And I'm going to, I'll just run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> but anyway, I bet you security is always high there because of the, because uh, uh, all the guns and everything they have in there. Yeah. And and now that President Trump's going to be there on Friday. Oh, I didn't know that. The 9th. 
Okay. He's going to be here at the at the Great American Outdoor Show at the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg. Yeah, and which means I'm not going to be anywhere near there that night because I'll be nutsified. Nutsified. Yeah, yeah. nutsified. So anyway, back to uh, pedaling back a little bit. Now I went up um, going out for late season hunting. There's nothing I want to do more. But as you probably all know, here in the U.S., the weather has not been fantastic and i had like uh 50 some mile an hour winds and snow snow and, and it just and uh you know just family stuff got in the way the one weekend and uh two weekends in a row i wanted to go hunting the last two weekends of archery and i couldn't in fact the only day that i could get out because of family stuff was sunday the day after the day the day before the end of the season which, oh, uh, martin luther king jr day in pennsylvania was the last day of the archery season the late archery season right and i went out on that sunday and i went to, my my plan was to scout a little bit and to uh put some some cameras out that i one i had one destroyed by a bear and, and i was going to replace that and then my, my other camera i wanted to adjust it because uh the way deer kept coming into the area i was constantly seeing the tops of their backs and not seeing what they're doing kind of behind the camera. So I right. put the camera on a opposing tree and it's got a really good view now. Um, so I'm really getting to see in the snow and stuff on there. What's crazy, and, and this is a testament, you know, once again, not sponsored, Exodus cameras. I got the rival camera from them last year at the Sportsman Show. And they have an upgrade this year, which I might buy one. Okay. But uh, that camera's been operating in the freezing freezing cold and, and the snow and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I do... Uh, and all it's my, been all my very they have cold. a scout tech app i'll send a, a take photo message during like the worst weather and i was getting pictures back and it just working the camera's still working i've had the same lithium batteries in there for quite a long time now yesterday yesterday morning i think with the wind chill it was negative five yeah. negative five that wind was howling the snow was drifting everywhere we got on the back side of the hill to go out to cape horn there and we're heading down through there and the road was atrocious that whole backside drifted closed there was cars everywhere and it was we got up over that hill and like no <laughs> it was bad but like up, but, up, up where i was at the mountain i was at um the leeward side was south south facing slope right where the sun's hitting majority of the day no snow very clear uh went out saw a lot of of uh deer sign that really couple places that surprised me um but i tried to go i went to the top of the mountain one place and there's tons of snow on the back side of the mountain and i walked and i saw all kinds of deer tracks and as has clued me into some you know places i actually tried to put one of my cameras there my cell cameras and at the top of the mountain could not connect i could not believe it it's crazy perfect perfect coverage of my phone but I don't know why I couldn't connect with the camera. So yeah. I went to a different spot and it connected perfectly. It's just the weirdness of, uh, yeah. of cell stuff. Cell stuff, yeah. But anyway, I went down through. The, I wanted to go back to where the bear destroyed my camera. But that road was down the, the backside of the mountain was a sheet of ice. No way I could get down there. And I wasn't going to do it by myself. Yeah, you know. smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to do it by myself and end up not being able to get back out of there. Like my wife always says, make good life chance choices, Dan. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> a, there's a really, it's not, in the big scheme of things, it's not remote, but um, it's a place where you might see a hunter or two the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I want to invest more time in that area because of all the deer sign that I've been seeing out there. And the last time I hunted out there, uh, 
um, I went out to check check the area. The end of archery season, there were monster rubs, fresh, fresh rubs, in the middle of November or almost the end of November, and I was like, this this area, this they didn't uh, they didn't get the deer out here in rifle. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm confident that there's a bunch of big deer out there still that need to need some arrow love. Need to die. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely need some arrow love. You know, I got uh, for Christmas. My wife got me some storage stuff. You know, from for my uh, for rack on the back of my vehicle and stuff for for that. So I got some portable stuff. I want to do kind of some stuff where we're out away like that and don't have to travel the whole way back to camp. Just kind of set up, make some coffee, kill some time, have some lunch, yeah. and go back out and not have to drive back to camp. So I'm kind of get myself prepared for that. And our mom actually bought us coolers, coolers for Christmas. He's a nice little travel cooler. So put beer in beer. What? <laughs> Adult beverages. Oh, uh, well, so that would bring me to, we have a mutual off-season obsession that kind of started. There was a spot way, way out, yeah. and we want to attack this area. And talking to a friend up at camp, we got some good information on rules and regulations. Thank you, Ronnie. Uh, apparently, in Pennsylvania, in the state forest, you have to stay with an e-bike under 750 watt so we've both been kind of researching the e-bike and going down that avenue and i've become obsessed with it and i'm pretty near ready to pull the trigger and the sportsman show might be a great opportunity to do that and get a good deal mm -hmm. uh but yes yeah, so off-season obsession number four five, <laughs> <laughs> uh the e-bike and what it will do is It'll expediate some hunts uh, where it would take an hour, maybe more to hike in. Now you're either getting up an hour earlier or more or this or that. So it's to try to make it easier to get to the hunting location. Yeah. There's so many places we could hunt. And yeah. the only challenge that you have then after that is that you're going to have to, to back out uh, to get some kind of uh, transportation to get a deer out when you do get a deer that's the only negative side of it but um that's that's a bridge i'm willing to cross well they have like carts that you can attach to the back yeah. and and or a sled now the sled that kind of distance you're gonna wear a hole in the bottom of the sled yeah which is okay because what's the sled 20 bucks you know what i mean but and the noise element that comes along with the sled and dragging that but there are cart options and uh, I think we could figure that one out, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a cool Avenue. It, it, it's a tool. It, it's another tool in archery hunting that I, I want, I want to be able to get way out there where not the average hunter goes. Mm -hmm. And I want to get out there faster than the average hunter, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's in public hunting, public land hunting. It's, it's, you're either beating the clock or beating the other hunter. Yes. And to the spot. So you have to be smarter than the land that you're hunting. You know, and that's, and that's kind of what I was talking about with the spot that I was, was, was uh, trying to scout on that backside of the mountain Right. Yeah. is it, it goes into a, a, a valley that's very hard to get to. And the roads are, you can't even call them roads. They're dirt trails yeah. that you drive back on. And it's, it's very difficult stuff, but yeah, you, you have to go 
sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you have to go where other hunters are not willing to go if you want to have an area to yourself. And generally, like land hunting. the hunting pressure is not as great out there. So normally that's where the bigger deer are going to be. I hunted out there, uh, you know, we hunted out there uh, once or twice, and not, not a ton, but um, I never saw another hunter out that way. Right. I saw a lot of bugs. Oh my god, <laughs> that was disgusting. So that's one thing. That's one thing we're hoping for. I hope everybody else is hoping for. We had this this freeze here, and they say it takes at least five days of below consistent below freezing been temperatures there. to kill off ticks yeah. and bugs. And you're not going to get rid of all of them, obviously. But right. you're gonna. It takes that population down, and maybe this next year won't be. We had bugs into November this year, which yeah. I've never seen. And we've had four, and then now six. So now we have. You know, almost, well, in places, 10 inches of snow on the ground, mm -hmm. keeping that freeze, you know, on the ground. Uh, hopefully this helps get, yeah. you know, knock some of this down. Because this year was the worst I've ever experienced yeah. with bugs. It, terrible. It was terrible. terrible. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess we'll see in turkey season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Spring gobbler will yeah. be the tell, you know. So moving on to all season obsessions, mine is is uh, back to the arrows. Yeah. Is, is I want to I want to do some arrow building. I saw an arrow saw that I'm interested in and in getting, um, but I want to go here to Sportsman Show, the outdoor show, and see what's there. If I can get a deal on something there, yeah. as far as a kit or something like that. Right. I'm not going all out to be a professional arrow builder or anything. I just want to be able to do my own set of arrows because, you know, I'm really really into refining the the weight of my arrow. Yeah. And you know, there's there's different applications for for your weight. There's there's you know weight where you have a, a little bit more speed, like the ZMR arrows, right. a little bit more speed, and then you have you know a little bit heavier weight. But there there's a balancing act. And the one thing that I hate to hear, and I'm, I think I said this on a hundred podcasts now, but I hate I hate to hear when people say, oh, you need an arrow that's over six hundred grains, or you need what you know a, they give a number. Yeah. And you can't do that. Every single person's optimal arrow weight is different. different. There's actually like, no, I don't want to say it, an algorithm, an equation that, I, that, that for what you're going for with 125 grain, 150 grain, 100 grain, there's, there's an equation that, that once you figure out your equation for those, let's say hundred grain, 125 grain, you know, that, then you can move forward with your build. And I'm, I'm actually building out a, a blog post on how to build out an, uh, an arrow based on the weight, weight structure, what you would need for each component, you know, cause you have to go by the grains per inch of the arrow, how long your arrow is going to be for you. Mm -hmm. So all arrow weight is based on, uh, basically four things, the, the speed of the bow. Yeah. I mean, the, just a factory speed on it. Your, your uh, draw length, your draw weight, and uh, whatever you have hanging on that string as far as extra weight. Yeah. And you factor all those in and you put in, you can figure out the, the optimal weight for you based on uh, what, your, what your speed's gonna be at different weights, what your kinetic energy's gonna be, and what your momentum's gonna be. And what FOC you wanna be at. Yes, like well, you, find that, you find, that, you find that middle ground of what your what your arrow is. And if you push, push heavy, you want more FOC. And mm. the thing, the problem is, the heavier you go with an arrow, the harder it is to get a higher FOC. Right. Because of the, the the weights built into the arrow itself. Yes. And getting that heavier weight on the front. Because the answer isn't always throw a 200 grain 
you know, broadhead on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, so you got to, there's a balancing act. But anyway, yeah. I'll get into that later. I did, uh, I did put a, a post up on the site, not to advertise the website too much, but at archerhunting.com, I have a, a blog post now that is, what is the best hunting arrow weight? And in parentheses for you, because it's, it shows you how to figure it out specifically right. for you. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things I want to do. I want to make sure I want to build out my own arrows. And of course I'd go to Sirius for instance, mm -hmm. and I'd get the shafts and stuff. Right. And then I'd build it from there. Yeah. You know, with my, my inserts and my broadhead, et cetera. Right. right. Maybe even the fletching. So we'll see how it happens, but I'm going to go see what my options are. Well, I've been, uh, oh man, unfortunately all the names literally just slipped my mind what is it victory arrows they make uh saw some really good reviews on it chris v was talking about them uh what is that guy's name name um podium archer yeah uh they're talking about these arrows and it's kind of like almost thinking about going this same route where it's your hands are the ones on them mm -hmm. You're putting your outserts, inserts, whatever you want to call them, you know, to get your 75 grain, you know, insert or whatever, you, you know, all that and, and, and doing it. So if there's a mess up, it's you, yeah. you know, and you have nobody to blame, but yourself, mm -hmm. you know, one of them deals and it, it has intrigued me. That's why I'm, I'm going to have a bunch of old crappy carbon arrows over there that I'm going to put practice together stuff on and, and then go from yeah. there, uh, yeah. get a, a aerosol a uh, square yeah for to, to square it off to make sure that everything is lined up straight right, right and go from there but anyway we already beat arrows to death in this yeah um so i i i ended up reviewing and not reviewing but testing and using the uh, uh the mini seeker from trophy line, not trophy line from uh, cruiser mm -hmm. uh, as a saddle hunting platform this season yeah. and worked great for me pretty solid in the tree I had a great system for locking that thing into the tree really good. But as the temperatures got colder, that thing creaked on me. Really? Like mad. If I really made any aggressive moves in the tree, it was going. Was yeah, like, that drives me. I was nuts. like, yeah, I can't do yeah. that. I can't have yeah. it. I can't have it. Yeah. So I'm looking at other options. I definitely do not have uh, the answer to what that's going to be. I was hoping to see a uh, trophy line and uh xop and some other guys out at at the, at the outdoor show but they're not going to be there could it be as something as sim simple as the strap material i was you I know was, what i mean i was looking at that and it, it it didn't seem to be that was what it was it seemed okay. to be in the mechanism of the where it, it uh hinges hinges were okay there. yeah so where the bolts went through so the plastic in there i think was was, what was creaking on it. okay but anyway i'm looking at a different platform once again and i enjoyed the the lean part of that of that platform but um i think i think i'm back to the, the drawing board on that now novix which i have a novix stand laying right over here that i really like um they just came out with a new new one called the raider xop has one uh that's pretty lightweight you know two, like in the in the three pound range so not not bad i'm looking at different options looking for budget options because some of these ones like you go to lone wolf they want they want 400 bucks for a damn saddle hunting platform that's ridiculous and again we're not professional hunters everyday bow hunters yeah 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 uh so that's that's crazy but anyway so as far as other stuff i obviously still have to buy a boat 
I'm so envious. I mean, I shouldn't be because I'm really happy with my bow, <laughs> my Lee. I love it. I shouldn't be, but it's so fun. <laughs> like I'm, I'm envious because of this, what you are getting ready to go through. Mm -hmm. It's painstakingly tedious, but at the same time, it's exciting. It's new. It's fun. And man, when you get to pop that thing's cherry, it's yeah. even more well, exciting. I was really getting excited about the, the Matthews lift. Yeah. But. Yeah, I but know what you're going to say. You, you have to buy a bunch of Matthews components for it, you know? And I want to make sure that I'm not wrong on that and that you can you, use other components. You can, you can get other components. But it's to keep it, it's built for those, like, the stabilizer, uh, Every the, the stabilizer the, drop, is, the rest the, the the your rest with what is it they call that dovetail system that they have incorporated into the riser is so cool. Uh, I think they're all going to be starting to do that, and I think most some of them have. I think even Bowtech has done that now. The do, the dovetail system, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're all different. So if you're not buying, if you're you can't put a Matthews setup. On a Bowtech or a Bowtech on a set, you know, you know what I mean. The I just get frustrated that I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, pigeonholed and have to use one set of things. I want to be have flexibility in my body. I have nothing negative to say about Matthews and or any of that because I've never my very one, first I, bow, I, I, I've never owned one, so I can't say my very first bow was Matthews Adrenaline. I had that thing for thirteen years. I loved that bow. And then I moved on to the Bowtech, and I loved that bow. And now I have this Elite. And guess what? The Elite's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome bow. I love that bow. So yeah. the way technology has gone at this point, they're, they're all so far ahead of the game. Now I think what it is is what you are willing to compromise. Yeah. So do you want a speed bow? Well, with that speed bow, that back wall, it, it's going to be almost non-existent because it's going to want to be jumping out of, out of your hand. So there's that. Do you want comfort and quiet? You know, that's where kind of you can really dial in a Bowtech. Bowtech, the, you know, the core SS. The SS is for super silent. It, it's that is an awesome machine, you know. Oh, and it's if, just, after this season, you, you know, you know, as well as I do, anybody that hunts, you sit there in the quiet and no wind and you have deer coming in and you want to draw and they're close. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's that little bit of sound can kill you yeah. and be done. And when I was pulling my bow back here, Kink, the kinks, the cracks, it the... was it was squeaking on me, and I was having to painstakingly draw so slow. And was you know sixty five pounds for one terrible, but the you know you got enough to worry about instead you know, of having to worry about I'm that. I'm focusing yeah. on that. Yeah. And when yeah. I switched and and I had to use the, my bow, the elite, it was so smooth and quiet. I yeah. was like. This is what I need. Yeah. This the, is what I now, need. Now, like, again, so, like, the Podium Archer. I've watched so many of his reviews on the bows. Lift 29. Incredible bow. He kind of pushes the core SS. In my opinion, He's he seems... Well, there for a while, he's a lot into the Hoyt thing. But Hoyt, that... Was an RX8 that's out now? That, that's a little bit probably out of your what you want to spend. Where I think the Core SS and the Elite Ethos would probably be more in your wheelhouse, along with the lift. Don't discredit the Matthews lift. 
I, I, I promise you, you would not get a bad no. bow. There. I'm gonna, I'm it, gonna it, shoot him and see. Yeah, shoot him and see. And that's what it kind of what it all amounts to. And you know how they feel in your hand right here. One of one of the things that I have to get a balance of because I'm 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 not a big guy. I have a short draw length. Yeah. And because of that shorter draw length, I try to get a faster bow to compensate for. Yeah. You know, I I can't I can't grab a three fifteen, f you know feet per second bow. And and have the drop off of that with my draw length, it's going to take me down at under two fifty, just like that. Yeah. Whereas if I, you know, if I shoot seventy pounds, and I I use a uh, bow that's in the, the three forty range, you know, three thirty five, three forty range or higher, I'm I'm rock probably well. You're yeah, you're probably looking at with your draw length and all that, still probably at only like three nineteen, three eighteen. Yeah. Maybe even below, maybe even closer to like 290. But you know, I was probably only shooting this year, I was probably only shooting like 269. A little okay, well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. But I, I don't know, I, I'm excited for you. I, I wish I could be part of it with you, but you got to move at your pace and, and have the opportunities when you yeah. do. I haven't really had a chance to go out there. In it's fact, one of my I've, favorite things. If to I, do. if I did uh, get a hunt in there at the end of the season, I was going to have to use my, my uh, 10 point crossbow. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't have any other option. Right, the boat's still hanging over here, broken, jacked up. So, yeah, that's disappointing to me. But um, the other thing I wanted, like, I wanted to uh, to work on. We're gonna, well, talk about what you're doing this week or this next. What am I saying? Next Wednesday. Next next Wednesday. Yeah. So next Wednesday, next Tuesday, my wife drives out to Indianapolis for a massive dog show. Uh I wanted to go with an ulterior motive. Me and Mike had talked about going to Indiana to hunt. So I'm going to fly out Wednesday night and meet up with her once she's out there and a friend that's out there going to be out there with her. But instead of going to the dog show, I'm going scouting for two days in Indiana, <laughs> about an hour and a half south of Indianapolis, hour, hour and a half, uh, depending on which state forest that's out there that I'm going to go to uh i'm really looking forward to this it's me by myself in the woods doing what we do and it's 100 hunting 100 scouting this is going to be exciting man it's uh yeah for us to 200 some thousand square acres of huntable property public land in separate areas of course yeah. but i have to kind of pick and choose what i think yeah you have to just drive around to think initially and see what the, yeah. what you see and then go from there well I, I, slides. I did find a <laughs> campground so at that point it's kind of being able to branch off from that campground mm -hmm. but what indiana does in their state forest which is i think is pretty unique which i don't think pennsylvania does is they put wildlife ponds in these state forests and they put them in pretty remote areas so you got to take these trails and get into these wildlife ponds that they maintain and so where there's no water source they're giving them a water source you know and i think that is really unique and it's really cool and i have e-scouted my brains out <laughs> oh next thank you and uh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do two days of scouting. I'm going to really put some miles on. I'm going to put some work in. And I think next October, me and him are going to head out there with the camper. And we're going to see about 
getting some successful hunting in. But yeah, so I'll be in Indianapolis. The, 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 that Saturday, I'm actually going to go to the dog show because there is a pointer specialty. Mm -hmm. And I want to be there and see my wife. My wife's been kicking ass and taking names here lately. So I, I'm, I want to go to that, be there to support her and then drive home Sunday. And then once I'm home Sunday, I think that Wednesday is when I'd like to go to the sportsman show. Being in Indiana, I will be here for the opening of the sportsman show. The opening show. day is always crazy, but that's when yeah. the people are there that I, I want to talk to and stuff from the different companies. I've, yeah. I've reviewed stuff for Ozio Gear this year for, yeah. for Sitka from Huntworth. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have some more stuff that I'm um, preparing to review heading into uh, turkey season here and, and then, you know, early season next year. And I, I'm this next year, I'm going to get a Maryland license or get the Indiana license, mm -hmm. of course. And then um, I, I hope to, to not just hunt up at our camp, but also hunt with Andy again yeah. and, and continue that tradition of hunting. Yeah, with Andy. So we had such a great time doing that. And I think this year the hunt tour might be in Indiana. <laughs> Meaning, oh, Andy, come with us. He has the ability to make the roof of his uh, Bronco a tent. So he was like, if there's not enough room in the camper, I'll I'll stay up oh, there. I'd love, I'd love to have Andy. Yeah, That'd absolutely. So fantastic. So if I have a logic for the better. Absolutely, and he's good company. Yeah. So I. I have a little bit of a logic thought but he process. Tends, tends to drink your beer. He does. He does drink my beer, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's what friends are for. <laughs> I'm actually drinking your beer right now. So, <laughs> but you're my brother. You know? <laughs> uh, so my logic thinking with the sportsman show is later in the week that you go, the deals become even bigger deals because they don't want to have to drive back. They don't want to, this gear. They don't want to take the stuff in. So they got to load it all back up and then drive it all the way back to wherever they're coming from, Nevada or here or there. So sometimes I've, I've found later in the week, I've gotten some really good deals. Like that scent eliminator bag that I got, yeah. I think I got that thing for 20 bucks. It's a $110 bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Can't beat those deals. It's the ones that go there and don't give you a deal. Yeah. That, that just frustrates me. It's like, come yeah, on, yeah. man. Get I can get a better deal on your website. This I, I, I ran yeah. into that last year. There's a couple different stands I went to. And I was like, I can get a better deal on your website right now. Why are you not giving them better prices yeah. here at the show? Anyway, that's yeah. another that's another story. But um, so looking at that and looking at getting uh, all set up here, I have I'm I'm kind of excited because I got this stuff from a company called Duck Camp. Okay. Right. Um, and they gave me some stuff to try out, and they really are big on their they they think it's great for turkey hunting their camo their camo is very unique they have like a woodland camo but it's very neat um and uh you know they say it works for ducks so if it works for ducks yeah you know it's just pretty good stuff but anyway i i want to test that out i have my blind over here you know i want to i want to work on some ground setups and that's just talking about off-season obsession is yeah. is now i'm i keep thinking about how much i want to kill something off the ground mm -hmm. And and I think I'm gonna end up buying one of those, uh, what is it called, Millennium? Yeah, Millennium tree seats. That's when after mine, my summit tree seat, stump seat uh, dies. That's the direction I will be going. Absolutely, it's like a, like a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, wait a little bit here and, and and try to pull them pull one of them in and and test it out. And I think that you know I have a spot that that's just the trees around there is so difficult yeah. 
that the only real option is to hunt off the ground and there's some really thick stuff to get into and I think the thick stuff coupled with my little uh, you know portable uh, blind setup on we call it easy blind yeah. from Cabela's set that up set behind there and sit on that Millennium seat and hope for the best so speaking of spring gobbler for Christmas my nephew asked for a turkey call so me full-blown obsession <laughs> i got him the hoot alcohol for location to locate where the the, the gobblers are mm -hmm. i got him a box call and i got him a slate call so the box calls more for you know the beginner it's easier mm -hmm. but the slate call something to really grow into mm -hmm. you know uh brady i love you buddy please practice and you're going to be successful here we go. I'm sorry to tell you, Brady. If you're watching this, don't <laughs> listen to Dan. It's only going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brady, I am so excited for you, buddy. You are starting a hunting career. Uh, it's a lifetime of lessons. It's a lifetime of great experiences with your dad, hopefully me, Pop. You know, it's it's it's. you're getting ready to have some fun. I'm glad you said that because uh, one thing that... Um, Tyler's my oldest son, Tyler, his his uh, buddy Teal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him and his him and his girlfriend, they were living in Arizona and now they've moved back here to, to Pennsylvania and they're right down the road here from me, not too far. And he's asked me to he has a bow and he's been shooting and stuff, but he feels like he needs some hands on help. Yeah. So I'm going to to assist him yeah. and take him out hunting this fall and yeah. maybe even bring him up to camp. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and uh take him out and give him a give him a taste of it and i have i have the equipment to set him up and get him at least out in the tree stand he's gonna fall in love and he's gonna have off-season obsessions he's gonna have <laughs> <laughs> well, i try to put him in the best possible position he'll end up getting a deer and i won't that's how it works hey you know what great because i i feel like this when a beginner gets that first deer that's when it begins mm -hmm. that's it there's nothing like it. Like I, I enjoyed turkey hunting way more than I liked deer hunting. A lot of that is, yeah, yeah, you know, I was successful, and it drove me more. And at that point in my hunting career, I, I was not successful in deer. With a rifle, yeah, but not archery. Mm -hmm. And then once I got one with a bow, the floodgates opened, and I. I can't, there's days where I can't even function. I, it's all I think about. I eat, sleep, and drink archery hunting now. It, it's The only thing that ticks me off is that there's, you can't do it all year long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can kind of, if, if you get to be able to travel and all that stuff, you know, to go get pigs or hogs, whatever, you, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But unfortunately, my traveling is to go to dog shows. And, you know, hey, we said to go to Indiana this year. That's pretty cool. They said they killed some pigs down in Bedford County. Really? My my boss was telling me at work that uh, they're moving in. That they uh, they end up seeing twelve in a field, and they went out and uh, White called. Them out. They shot them all. Good. Yeah. No. So we don't really want the nuisance. I want the hunting opportunity, but at they the will, same time, they will destroy. They them. are so destructive property. Yeah, you know, you don't want that. Yeah. 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 The, the 
you know, the thing is, is, is that, yeah, it might be fun to hunt, but when they push in here, it would just be terrible for, for the state. And we're such an ag state that it would be bad yeah. for our, you know, for our farmers and everything. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so I hope to hope to get Teal out, get him, yeah. get him into hunting a little awesome. bit. Awesome, that's exciting. I think that would be such a great thing. You know, learn to shoot, and he said, "Hey, I'll be your guinea pig. You can take videos of me and stuff. You know, <laughs> showing people how to how to do it a little bit." And I, so I'm excited about doing that. I think I think that'll be pretty fun. And the little bit that I know him, he's a hell of a nice guy. Well, so. Teal's a is a hell of a nice guy. Yeah. So uh, I like that. Um, you know, one of the things that you know, I think if you're just getting into it, it's the hardest thing I think when I was starting, when I, I, I didn't really hunt archery until I got out. Not really. I didn't hunt archery until I got out of the army. Right. So I got out of the army and I started hunting it and I had no idea. And it wasn't until I decided a few years back and I started doing things like the mock scrapes. Yeah. And I truly, I really wanted to, to learn more about the deer. I wanted to put myself into this sport a lot more. Once I did that, my mindset just changed so much yeah. and I think I've become such a better hunter because of that is it's because once you open your eyes to it's not walking out in the woods climbing a tree or just or sitting on the ground whatever and waiting for a deer to come by it's all the pieces and parts that go yeah. into it the, the, there is some the, luck in underst yes there is some luck involved. Yeah. Um, but scouting is such a huge yes. part of it but and then you say scouting some people say well what do you mean by scouting you know there's so much it you it's hard to teach you have to see you know and walk out in the woods and say okay it all comes together and you yeah, also yeah. get as you as you learn you get a feeling yeah. you know what i mean i i get i get feelings all the time i go out and and i've been right a lot on where i you know deer are and stuff i remember i climbed to, we did that hike i climbed to the top and i said huh i'm gonna put i'm gonna put a camera in here and and then all of a sudden bam i'm seeing all kinds of bucks there so it's just you know just having that and it doesn't happen overnight but scouting and e-scouting are two in the same but they're so different yeah. okay so finding your transitions and you you could say well, what do you mean like on a map you can actually see where the woods change but until you physically go there and see it and feel it and understand it and and see the trails running that's when it all kind of starts coming together and clicking yeah. oh and you'll start putting two and two together and it did yeah. It makes more sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, one thing, you talk about transitions lines, it's, it's basically where uh, the habitat breaks. Yes. You know, you have, it can be a bench on, on a ridge line where you have a break and be really thick stuff and it breaks into open hardwoods. Oh, yes, yes. You know, little things like that. It could be a stream that breaks and it's different on the other side of the stream. It's all those little things. And, and generally what I do is I'll go to where I see a transition and I'll look on, you know, I'll walk, uh, 20 to 30 yards on each side of it and 99 times out of 100 you're going to find a trail yeah at least a trail that's going to get you moving in the right yeah, direction yeah. doesn't mean it's going to be a hot trail to use every day or anything yeah. like that i mean but at least get you in the game that's a lot like it could just be as simple as over here it's a lot of maples and spruces mixed in and then it starts your hickories and white oaks mm -hmm. that's the the the, the tree population has everything to do with what their food, feed patterns the food, are going to yeah, the, the, the acorn drop food drives everything yes yeah. food drives everything yep. so but in conjunction with water you know yeah. so yeah it's 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 knowing those those little things and getting a feel out there and saying ha huh, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used to just walk around out there and not know what the hell I was even looking at. And then, you know, years of being, you spend enough time in the woods, it, it all kind of comes together because you start seeing patterns of deer and understand, well, why are they always coming from that way? And why is it always this time of the day? You know, things like that. One of the first things happening. We, we started doing a long time ago, not that long ago, it was a couple of years, we really started investing ourselves in what we call slides. Yeah, that it was and, huge for us. And that puts you on deer really quick. It might be doe, but if you're hunting buck in the rut, yeah, if you know where the doe are, you know the buck will be there. So we end up finding those rut funnels in places like that. But if you want to understand slides, you could probably reference what was it the second or third episode we did a little thing on the slides where I actually showed and you put that in there yeah. what the slide is and what yeah. you're looking at. It's just literally. You know, where you have high ground coming down to a road, mm -hmm. it shows where they are either going up or, down. or coming down, and you see the tracks in there, and it's great to go out after a rain or yeah. snow. Right now, right this, now, this time of year is the best ultimate time, time to scout. To scout. Yeah. As you, you're never going to find deer beds easier than you're going to find them now. It is, but it ain't. Yes. So, if the ground's frozen, you're not going to see anything yeah. that you want to see, because you're not going to see, yeah. you know... But if you have snow, you're going to see. So I wish I could be uh, out there right now with the snow on the ground. And I'll, I'll tell you, back to the spring gobbler. Spring gobbler is an excellent time to be scouting while hunting. Yeah, it's so, not getting quite thick yet. Yeah. It's, 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 that, it's that whole thing when there's not all the foliage you know, out there and you can walk through areas that are going to be really, really thick. You know, and, and those places that, that, that are really thick where nobody wants to hunt, that's, you usually find deer there. So, uh, so what else you got? That's all I have. Uh, pretty much just wanted to talk about Indiana. I wanted to talk about my off-season obsession and give a shout out to to Jevin and uh, his family. And that's pretty much it. That's all I got. What about you? No, that's pretty much it, guys. So that's it. Episode 15 is in the books. Yes, sir. And uh, we promise we're not going to take such a big break. Yeah. Get back on track. I we I think... I feel like a broken record. We've said this a lot the last couple episodes that we're going to get back on track, but you know, we needed an off season too to ourselves and, and yeah. our, archery season, me and him spent a lot of time away from our families and we kind of needed a break and, you know, enjoy the hot. We enjoyed the holidays and now it's time to get back on track. But, yeah. uh, back again, on we're this, not, we're not professional hunters. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, you know, just guys that love them. It's like, right. a, you know, anybody that's watching this, but, Hey, thank you, everybody. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Uh, send in some questions. We'd like to get back on track with some listener questions uh, and get some answers for you guys. Thank you. Yep. We'll see you next time.